Hallelujah. Turn with me to James chapter 2, no, chapter 3, verse 2. Uh, I'm going to talk about a, a subject that's not too comfortable. Or it, I don't think it's going to be one that's, we're going to shout too much. I'm going to talk about the power of the tongue this morning. Amen? I didn't hear no amens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the power of the tongue. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's, it's getting louder. Amen? James chapter 3. How many know that our tongue shapes the way our lives go sometimes? <coughs> Excuse me. And sometimes what we say ends up happening. Sometimes we only saying what's in the abundance of our heart. For Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, I hadn't heard this years ago, and, and, and the mouth's only a pop-off valve. That's all it is for what's truly inside the heart. You know, I, I've grown up as a Christian in a lot of ways, and I've seen a lot of things come out of a lot of believers I never thought would have come out. And I'm not doubting whether they're saved or not. It's just that sometimes there needs to be a purification of the heart. You know, I have always looked at that. You know, when you take refined and gold, you got to heat it up real good. And, and, and the trash that's in the gold is going to float up to the top. So you got you to you scoop the old trash out before the, the gold is worth anything. That's called refiner's gold. You got to make the gold pure. Years ago, I had preached a message on in, in Jeremiah about the potter's wheel, and I said, like, you know, the potter's wheel. If you go read in Jeremiah, I want to say chapter chapter ten, I want to believe, or I don't know, chapter eighteen. I'm sorry, where he talked about Jeremiah. I told Jeremiah to go into the potter's house, and this is the guy that made the jar of clay. You know, the clay jars, and he says, "I'm going to speak to you there." So he went in and he saw the clay on the wheel. And you see, the thing about the, the clay, I'm the clay, you're the clay. And he says, watch the potter work. He says, the potter's going to shape what he wants. Come on, somebody. <laughs> the potter's going to take that wheel and he's going to spin it and he's going to form something out of it. But you know, during that process... If it doesn't look like what he wants, he's going to smash it down and start all over again. Uh-oh. <laughs> How many of you have been smashed a few times? <laughs> he got to get in there and he's got to squeeze and he's got to punch it with his fist and he's got to, you know, that hurts. I've gotten to the point where I said, oh, God, I'm, I'm looking pretty good. <laughs> I start all over, Lanny. <laughs> Doesn't the potter have power over the clay to form the clay that he wants, the jar he wants to make? I'm going to ask you a question. Does God have power over your life to form you into a, a perfect vessel? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Come on now. Doesn't he have the power over your life to form you into the vessel that he wants? It's not how... I look. It's what God sees me to be. Listen, I, Dan's will tell you that I lived with me for a lot of years. <laughs> 30 something years. I start something, I got a picture in my mind. What I want that, especially when I'm messing with wood or something. Lawrence knows what I'm talking about. I have a picture in my mind on what I want it to look like. But in the process of building it, I, I compromise. I think I can do it better this way. I don't think I, I can save money doing it this way. And you know what? When I finish with it, I'm not satisfied with what I first visioned it to be. <laughs> That's not what I saw. <laughs> it ain't what I want. Come on, somebody's been like that. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't what I first saw in my heart, my spirit. <laughs> Listen, I, I want to tell you a little story. I, I heard that years ago. They had this man. He was a builder. And he was building this house. He was a good builder. And, and, and you know, the contractor came to him and says, this, I want you 
to build somebody a house for me. I said, okay. And he said, you know what? I'm going to make some money off this deal. I'm going to build this house, but I'm going to use cheap lumber. I'm going to use out-of-date stuff, you know, something that's not as expensive, you know. So I'm gonna, it's going to look right. It's going to look strong, but inside it's going to be weak. But I'm going to make the money of this deal. So he got off in building this house, and he, after we finished it, the, uh, the contractor said, man, it looks real good. He says, says see this key? I want to give you. I want to give you this house. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you ever seen the three students when they banged their head with that hammer? <laughs> that have been me. <laughs> I want to give you this house. Okay. How many want God to do something in your house? How much, listen, the point I'm making is how much, you, how much do you want God to build you with the right material? Okay. I learned a long time ago, and I'm, and, and I'm going to be blunt with you. What comes out of my mouth tells a lot of what's in my heart. Every time. You know, when I see my kids angry, <laughs> I said, he looked just like me. <laughs> No, I'm serious. <laughs> what? <laughs> Another thing I see, I'm going to be honest, when I see them wrestling with God, I see the same wrestling I've been doing. And I see them, listen, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a, a great animal lover. I got cats all over my house. I, listen, the last point I made. You're right, I need to repent. That's right. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I don't like a lot of cats. But that's God's creatures. <laughs> I say, Lord, is something wrong with me? <laughs> Change my heart. Hallelujah. You know, God goes in there and he manufactures something that means you can't do. See, the heart has to be changed by the Holy Spirit. Huh? See, what's coming out of your mouth ain't of God. Then something's wrong. Now, I'm not saying Christians are going to do everything perfect, okay? Listen, I have the Holy Spirit. I, I get angry in the flesh a lot of times. Seriously, I do. But you know what? How many times do we ever stop and say, this ain't God? This ain't faith. This ain't patience. This ain't nothing. This is, this is me, 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 me. And we sit there and we argue with God. I want that way, God. I like to be like that. Doesn't the powder have power over the clay? God says, I don't want you like that. Well, I don't want to be like that. I don't want you like that. You ain't going to follow me. You serve me with that kind of spirit. Okay. Can you think I should read my Bible? <laughs> okay. Why? Listen, that's why the devil hates this book. Because it tells on us. All right? It tells on him. The only book that's going to rebu rebuke the devil is this book. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, what I said. James chapter 3, verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. Now I'm reading New King James, okay? If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect. Now what is it saying? If you know how to run this, he considers you a perfect man. A man that can control his mouth and line it up with the word of God the same as a perfect man. Come on, somebody. Oh, I find I ain't perfect. <laughs> but each individual, one of us, have to deal with God on a personal basis. So you can't look at me and say, Brother Lanny ain't got his stuff together. Why should I be? Why should I get my stuff together? Because you and God are not me and you and God. <laughs> it's true. I said, Lord, I can't blame Brother Allen. I got, I, I got to straighten my life out. Can't blame somebody else. I got my, listen, my life with God is personal. My walk with God is personal. So God's not going to judge me based on what somebody else is doing. He's going to judge me based on what I'm doing. And what's coming out of this big trap of mine? It's called... The devil between, behind the pearly white gates. You ever heard that say? <laughs> Listen, there's a lot that could come out of that mouth, could destroy 
so much. And it's poison, brother Al. It's deadly. It's a world of iniquity, the Bible says. If what's coming out of our mouth is nothing but pride, jealousy, and anger, and bitterness, and unforgiveness, that is not of God. It's costing you your eternal soul. Because you're allowing a cancer to start in your heart, spiritual heart, and it's going to kill you. Listen, I'm not proud of the things I've done, and I still ain't proud of some things. But you know what? I know one thing. When I get angry, and when I get things coming out of my mouth that's not of God, I can pick it up that quick. And all we have to do is stop. Would God say this? Would Jesus say this? Okay. Let me read a little bit. It says, if you can control your own mouth, the same as a perfect man, and also to bridle his whole body. <laughs> if the mouth is right, the rest of the body is right. Right? That's what it says in your Bible. When the mouth is doing, saying and speaking what is right, the rest of the body is going to do what is right. All right. Indeed, we put horses, bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. You know what I'm saying? A big old animal, 2,000 pounds, could be driven with a, a, a bridle, a horse bit, just a pulling of, the, pulling of the, the, the reins. Could turn that big horse anywhere you want to go. Why don't the horse fight it? Well, sometimes they do, but they got to submit. You know? You have a sudden breaking a horse in, they'll ride that horse till he stops jumping. Either the horse dies or the man dies. One of the two. <laughs> but he's gonna submit. If that man is determined, he's gonna, he's gonna bring that horse into submission. The horse wants to go one way, you pull on the reins another way, he's gonna come. He's gonna get aggravated the way he's gonna end up going where he's supposed to. Man, I feel his presence. When you take that bit, that bit is there to bring that horse into submission. And if you don't want to listen, you use the whip. Oh. <laughs> you don't want God whipping on you, hallelujah. <laughs> it don't feel good. Then you kick him. Believe me, I know how to kick animals, hallelujah. <laughs> You do something, and a stubborn Christian, I'm talking about spiritual stubbornness, where he wants God's way, he's going to force that animal to do exactly. He's going to force that body, talking about this body, to do exactly what God wants it to do. Listen, you, you got a fighting spirit for the Lord? Do you, do you have a fighting spirit for God? Are you willing to fight for the things of God? Huh? Come on. God help us. You can turn that animal with the, just one pull of the, rig, the reins. I want you to think about that. This is a 2,000, sometimes 2,500-pound animal. You can turn him with just a simple little man can do that. It also says here, look also as a ship. Although they are large and driven by the furious winds, they are turned about by a very small rudder or hem, wherever the pilot desires. Lawrence, you drove a boat already. You push a lot of big things. When that, when that, when that, when that, that, uh, that stern or whatever, that uh, rudder is in the right position, it's going to stay straight. And you're going to be able to turn it wherever you want, just with a little bitty rudder. You could be pushing thousands, thousands of tons. A material, but they ha it has to go where that pilot puts it, or the or the ship captain. Just with a little small, man, I'm telling you, next to the ship, it don't even show. You ever seen those big ships they build, and they put that little bitty rod in the middle of the back of the ship? That whole ship is turned by a, a little bitty rod. Next to the ship, it's, it's hardly nothing, but it it makes the ship go where it wants to go, because of the pilot. I know about you, but Jesus is my pilot. Hallelujah. He can turn me any way he wants. As long as my rudder is in the right place and going where it's supposed to go, I'm going to find God. Hallelujah. 
I'm going to find peace with God. I'm going to find the life of God in me. I'm going to, something's going to happen in my life. Oh, I might fight it. I might want to turn the wheel the other way. But you know what? God's going to fight me. God will fight you. Listen, I'm going to tell you. He loves you. He's going to chase those whom he loves. Hallelujah. That's that struggle between, between where he wants that rudder turned. Hallelujah. You're trying to turn it one way. He's going to turn it the other way. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of God, man. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. God's going to turn that rudder. He is the captain. <laughs> He's the pilot of that ship. He's going to turn you where you need to be. I'm going to tell you something. Don't try to fight God. You ain't going to win. It ain't going to happen. Don't try to fight God. You're not going to win. Well, I just want to go to church. I don't want all that living for God and all that stuff. I like... You know, I just want to make sure I make it into heaven. You're not going to make it into heaven if you're not going straight. I'm on some money. A foul-mouthed, dirty-minded Christian is not saved. He's not going straight. He's the, the rudder. You, he's fighting God. You can't get this mouth to talk like God wants you to talk. Then there's something wrong. Hallelujah. Okay, you want me to stop preaching? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I told you it'd be a little tough today, so uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me read some more to you. Even as the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. But we got, listen, the tongue will talk how great thou art. This, me, <laughs> you, how great I am. It's not how great thou art, Lord, it's how great I am. It boasts many great things. It will boast of everything. But it says here, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts of great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindled. Now listen, uh, you see the wildfires on, the, on, on the, uh, the news and whatever? That starts with one little flame. One little flame. Somebody forgot to do something or started a little fire that was never put out. Something, one. Burn thousands and thousands of acres. That's what the tongue is like. That little flame boasts great things and it can kindle a great fire. There are people today, y'all, and I'm going to be blunt. There are people today who have used their mouth and they have divided the best of friends. They divided churches. They divided Christians. They divided, divided people that they love. Some people today won't even talk. I'm talking about family members, brothers and sisters, won't even talk to each other because of that mouth. Because somebody won't say, I was wrong. Somebody won't say, uh, uh, I, I was the reason that we're, we're not talking to each other. Pride. That tongue is governed by what? Pride. God hates pride. Pride is evil. God hates the, the, the mouth that boasts great things, Okay? We have to get that heart right. We have to get that heart right to speak what is right, okay? Hallelujah. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Listen to this. It sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. I want you to do something this week. Listen to how you talk. Take tomorrow, starting tomorrow, today. Watch yourself for a week. And watch how much your mouth speaks things that are not of God. And I'm going to tell you, I'm guilty. I'm not, I'm not talking about just to y'all. <laughs> That's something I've been doing a lot of. It's examining my speech. I've been listening to myself. Because I'm not happy the way I sound sometimes, okay? I'm not happy. When I, I speak things negative, then things that don't line up with the Word of God. I notice right away. Seriously, I can tell that's not pleasing to the Lord. So I can say, well, God don't mind. Or, I'm human. Or, everybody makes mistakes. Or Everybody's doing it. Heck when everybody's doing it. You don't do it. Everybody's not going to take you to heaven. Everybody's not going to change your life. I got to worry about what God is doing in Lenny. As a, I'm talking about personally. I, no, I worry about all of you. I'm, I'm saying personally, I got to get this thing doing what is right. 
If what I do and say is not pleasing to the Lord, then something's wrong. And it ain't on God's side. It's on my side. It ain't, on, it ain't your fault. It's my fault. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord. Y'all. Pray. I, want, I, I want to be so in tune with what God is trying to teach us this morning and what he's trying to teach me. Look, forget about y'all for a minute. I don't want to forget about you. But I want, God, teach me. <laughs> teach me, God. Teach me how to, 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 to grow, how to understand, how to, to speak. Teach me, God. All right. Every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea, in verse 7, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. Not, now listen, no man. I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. See, no man can, can make this thing talk right. Because it's not in your power to use the tongue right. The tongue will never speak what is not of God. I'll never speak what is of God if it's not of God. You understand what I'm saying? There has to be a, a transformation of the heart before the tongue's going to speak what is right. That make sense? There has to be a change of the heart till the tongue, spe- till the tongue starts speaking what is right. It says, no man can tame the tongue. No man can train the tongue. Every beast of the earth, you know, you see that they train the biggest animals like elephants and whales. And, you know, you could, you could go on and they could tra- they're trained by man. But that man can't tame because it's a heart problem. See? The only one that could fix it is a heart surgeon. <laughs> His name is Jesus. That's why it's so important, y'all, in this fellowship that the Holy Spirit is there to change us. If we, if we, 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 we can preach the Holy Ghost right out of the doors. We could preach the fear of God right out of them doors. We could preach the faith of God right out of them doors. If we don't trust in the Holy Spirit to teach each one of us. This is, this is a body here. But each individual in this, room, this church has a relationship with God. Each one of y'all have to make a decision. And when you make a decision, it affects the whole body. Seriously. The hand can't say to the, the foot, I don't have no need of you. I'm a hand, you bet your foot. Lawrence is the eye, Brother Allen is the uh, fingers, a oh, ear, an eye. We all work together to make the body happen, okay? When one of the bodies messed up, then the rest of the body's going to feel it. That's so important to listen. Just be, you're not just sitting to take up a spot. You're here to make a difference. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to read to you, okay? That's just so much right here to get into. I can't get into, you know, uh, uh, it, the one, I, the one I, I, I was thinking of is how could sweet and bitter water come out of the same fountain? You can read it. It says bitter water can't produce sweet water. You're either going to have bitter or you're going to have sweet. How can you bless God with this tongue and curse man with the same tongue? <laughs> it can't happen. Now, there is times when you love a man or a woman, you want to correct him in the ways of the Lord. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. To curse man, which was made after the similitude of God and the likeness of God. Listen, I don't like what I see in the world, the politics and all that stuff. Let me tell you something, praise God. I get angry when I, I don't want to watch it anymore. I'll be honest with you. I'm just, 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 I could see the... The bitterness and the hate and the division. A house divided against itself, the Bible says, shall not stand. That's why we can't fix nothing in this country. The Republicans want it one way, the Democrats want it the other way. And nobody knows how to come in unity. That's the problem with the world today. There's no unity. One wants freedom, one wants communism. One wants the, uh, men to earn its own way, one wants the government to give everything to men. We can't, it ain't work like that. It's going to be God's way. And it's corrupt. Lawrence is corrupt. And you people are fighting every day. You can't, you can't get nothing out of what's going on. I don't want to turn that stupid TV on, on anymore. Because that's because a house divided against itself. Why don't we, listen, if, if t- tomorrow, then I'm just, I'm going to put a, a, something out there for you. If everybody in this nation would get born again, 
Seriously, I mean, every human being in America would give their life to Jesus tomorrow. Death would stop. Murder would stop. Abortion would stop. All of this stuff would, would gradually die. You know why? Because God is in control. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be a glorious day? God is in control. I told somebody the other day, I said, you know, Law is important. If President Trump and the Congress and the senators and all that would void every law in America, what does that mean? If he'd say, well, you can run on red light, you can shoot who you want, you can sleep with who you want, you can rape who you want, you can burn what you want. You can... Every law would be eradicated. America would be gone in one day if it lasts that long. Because men's hearts are wicked. The only thing that restrains men in America is judgment for your sins. Law. There's a penalty if you're going to break it. But what about that law of the tongue? <laughs> what, what, listen, there was, there's, there's people in their grave today because somebody ran their mouth. Because somebody used that mouth in the wrong way. People die every day because of the mouth. The tongue. And I'm not talking to everybody. I know we have a little podcast audience that's listening to us. And if they're hard, this is for you too. Because when that mouth is out of control, it brings death. When that mouth is not governed by the pilot <laughs> or the man sitting in the saddle, <laughs> there's going to be death. Well, Berlin, I'm not, listen, I'm talking about us today. Okay, I, listen, we have to get out of this building today. And go out into that world. And the testimony we make with this mouth is the kind of testimony we're going to leave about Christ. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen or ouch or something. <laughs> the testimony that comes out of that mouth is the testimony we leave about Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, let me read to you a few things, okay? Close your Bible. I got some scriptures written. I'm going to read them to you, okay? You, believe me, they're in the Bible, all right? Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Death and life in the power of the tongue. <laughs> what? Death and life. You can speak death or you can speak life, okay? That's why we've got to be cautious what we say about people or say about someone. Because the tongue is powerful. Death and life. In the power of the tongue. That is a strong verse. And it goes on, he says, Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and they that live therein shall eat the fruit thereof. It means you're gonna get your, you're gonna, you're gonna eat the fruit of your own mouth. Which, if it's wrong, if it's sinful, your mouth is not speaking the things of God, it brings death. Every time. Every time. I can go look at. Today, I can, if, I, if I was some kind of, people that study that, but I, most of your marriages are gone, are divorced today because of mouth. <laughs> Even now, marriages today are struggling because of the tongue. Families are divided because of churches, like I said earlier, are divided because of because we're not cautious to the damage it's bringing when we open our mouth, okay? We're not cautious for the damage it brings because when we open our mouth, it brings either death or life. You ever thought about that? Think about it next time you say something about someone or some, somebody. Or think about what it's, what it's going to produce. We have to be cautious, y'all. We got to live with, with that mouth has to be guarded, he that guarded his mouth, guarded his soul. Listen. <laughs> he that guarded his mouth, guarded his soul. I like the verse that says, a soft answer turns away strife. Listen. I, <laughs> I watch people, especially in church. I mean, listen, you got them in church. Listen, not everybody graces the door of the church is saved. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes you could just listen to their mouth and see they're not. That God wouldn't speak like that. 
It's totally opposite from what Jesus said for us to do. Power of life and death in the tongue, okay? This is something out of uh, uh, Ecclesiastes. And you don't have to turn there. <laughs> well, first I want to read one out of Proverbs chapter 18 again. Verse 7. A fool's mouth is his destruction. That's what it says. A fool's mouth is destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. <laughs> Woo. How blunt could the Bible be about how we use our mouth? A fool's mouth is his, his, his destruction. It's what comes out of his mouth will determine what he's going to end up with. Either you can end up with life or death. You can end up with defeat or victory. Amen. Hallelujah. In Ecclesiastes, the word of, in verse chapter 10, chapter 10, verse 12, the words of a wise man's mouths are gracious. Amen. You can listen to a man and see what kind of heart he has and what's coming out of his mouth. I told somebody one time, I was working at a, at a place. I said, I know you're not saved. I said, how do you know that? He said, I, I'll just listen to what's coming out of your mouth. He said, you're probably right. <laughs> I said, I could listen. I know you're not, you know, Lord, I could hear what's coming out of your mouth. I wouldn't be smart with him, Lord. I would just, it was just something. And, you know, he realized, yeah, you're right. I don't, sound like, I don't sound like a saved person. And it says here, the words of a wise man's mouths are gracious, but the lips of a fool shall swallow him up. Ooh. I should have chosen some more verses this morning. The, the lips of a fool shall swallow him up. It'll destroy him. But then I never looked at my mouth that way. But you better look at it. You better, you better watch. You better watch what you're saying and who you're talking about and what you, 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 you're presenting out of that mouth. Power of life and death in the tongue. I didn't write that. The Holy Spirit wrote that. <laughs> I'm only reading what's in the Bible. Matthew chapter 12, verse 37, and this is the, Lord's, the words of our Lord himself. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. Oh, oh. See, that's why you see, especially in the political arena, they, they're looking at every word Mr. Trump says or what the other one says. Because they want to come back and say, look, he said it. And they'll say, well, I didn't say it. Well, here it is. It's on tape. <laughs> God's going to say Tell you, you've had its own tape. Look, it's here. I'm just using you. <laughs> Can't hide. No, God, I didn't say that. I, I didn't. Yeah, here it is on tape. Lawrence is on tape. Lord, it's on tape. You want me to play it back for you? It's so embarrassing when somebody reproves you that way because you can't hide. <laughs> they say, Lenny, it's on tape. I heard it. Here it is. You said it. I should have preached something else this morning. <laughs> Woo! Oh, man. It's on tape. <laughs> All right. Let me read you something out of Job. Job chapter 19, verse 2. How long will you vex my soul and break my heart in pieces with your And this is when Job's friends came to encourage him. You ever read the book of Job? Job was with boils from the top of his head and the soles of his feet. He was in the dust. All his kids had died. The devil killed all his animals and all his riches was gone and all he had was the dust to look at. Poor man ain't sinned. Bible said he, God called him perfect. You see my servant Job? Perfect, upright. Yeah, but the devil said you take his, all he got, he's going to curse you to your face. And here his Christian friends came around to encourage him, pick old Job up. <laughs> boy, you can see a lot of people <laughs> pick old Job up and say, Job, we're here to help you, my boy. The problem is you sinned. Mm -hmm. You sinned and God's taking it out of your hide. And Job constantly said, show me my sin. Show me what I've done. I'll repent right now. But all he kept, you sinned. You sinned. Job, you sinned. And Job was frustrated with these guys. And I'd tell him, take a hike myself. I mean, it was nothing but 
self-righteous judges. That's all they were, trying to judge Job for something. And they end up getting rebuked by God at the end of the, whole, the, end of the book of Job. Bible says, Job, God told Job, pray for them. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get on them. <laughs> Running with their mouths as if they was God or something. But anyway, Job, Job's sitting there in the dust and his whole life seems to be crushed. And all of a sudden, his friends come, you know, Job, you sinned. You sinned, Job. And it was going on and on. You bet day after day, them boys were there. They're sitting there with him, time, hour after hour, running their big mouths. But Job said it like this, how long will you vex my soul? He says, and break my heart in pieces with your words. Because there are a lot of preachers out there just preaching words. More damaging than encouraging, Okay. Tearing people down and tearing their fates down and tearing, taking the fear of God right out of people. They're going to stand before God one day. That's why I don't want to be responsible for hiding anything from you all tonight, this morning. Because I believe God has called me to preach this word. And I believe the mouth is only going to tell what's in the heart. Listen, if you've got bitterness and hate in your heart, don't, pray, don't, don't put hands on me and pray for me. Please. <laughs> no problems already. I don't want somebody that got faith. I want somebody that loves me. I know somebody. Listen, I know that lady. Listen, I'd rather her pray on me than preachers pray on me because she knows what I go through. Because she goes through it with me, okay? Listen, I, I wouldn't trade her for her. She's there, and I told her I wouldn't trade her for 10 Miss Americas. Because when I was hurting and I fell down, that was the one that was there with me. Amen? And... And I told her, I said, I love my mama, but, but I, I wouldn't put my mama before her. And I dishonored my mama. I told my mama, the Bible says, fake you, take your father and mother, and you'll be joined unto your wife. Amen? I'd do anything for my mama. But this is the most important lady in my life. God takes her away from me. Do you just assume? I don't know what I'm going to do. Just die. That's how important I feel. But, because when she prays for me, I know she's serious because she feels what I feel. And she's the same way. I do the same thing. Because of our love and union for each other. I'm sure we say things that to each other are wrong. I'm, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I had to apologize like I was telling somebody about my story about when I told her to come cook my egg and she feet were hurt and she couldn't walk. I slammed her door. I cook my own eggs. <laughs> I pick <fit> my own. <laughs> and I... <laughs> And like I said, the Holy Spirit told me, you big dummy. I was, I was at the toast alone. I was at the chicken. I was oh, morning. I was getting ready, boy. Big dummy. Oh, boy, boy. Heel of a heel, man. Anyway. <laughs> but how long will you come to break my heart in pieces with your words, Job said. I feel the presence of God. Saying, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. I'll be honest. I don't know about y'all, but something's happening to me. Man, I feel the presence of God. I know that the word of God is, is being preached. I'm talking to me, first of all. Lord, I, I need this. I need to hear it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 21, 23. You don't have to turn there. Praise God. Whosoever quarrels, whosoever guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Ooh. Hallelujah. Whosoever Guards his mouth, keeps his soul from trouble. But I can't let people run all over. I got to tell them what I think. Pray for them. <laughs> well, they need, they need more than that. They don't, they don't need that anger. They don't need that bitterness. And they don't need that, that, that division in your heart. You know how you get somebody? The Bible says if your enemy comes to you, give him a cup of water. Or he needs, give him food. By doing that, you heap a coal of fire on his head. I'm going to give you something that you can tell your enemy next time. I love you and I'm going to pray for you. I, I don't want to argue. My words don't mean nothing if it's out of anger, if it's out of revenge. It don't mean anything. I'm going to pray for you. How, listen, that don't mean you're weak. That means you're wise, the Bible says. Judging your own words and your own mouth and guarding your soul. See, there's a lot of things, like I said, people are throwing out there with their mouth that are destroying people. 
And you know, it's all about their pride. You know, I gotta be on, I gotta be top dog. I gotta be number one. No, I don't have to be nut. I ain't got time for that junk anymore. Somebody told me, I'm praying for you, brother. I said, pray for me. Oh, please pray. <laughs> I got time for pride. I got time for all that junk. Pray for me. Proverbs 6:19, I'm gonna read to you. A false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among the brethren. God hates. This is one of the, uh, if you look at Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, the things that God hates, seven are an abomination. These are one of the things that God hates. He hates a false witness, somebody that speaks lies with his mouth, and one who sows discord. Discard a lot of times is because you're using your mouth the wrong way. You're dividing the best of friends. You ever saw that happen to some people? Huh? Just with words, you can tear a whole relationship down in a heartbeat. Power of life and death in the tongue. You can tear people down just with your words. You can destroy lives with the words. People say, uh, sticks and stones, they break my bones, the words never hurt me. That's a lie. Words do hurt. Words do, the words do, does more damage than somebody poking you with a knife or shooting you with a gun. Because at least when they shoot you, you're dead. But you got to live with those words till you die. <laughs> you get where I'm coming from? Churning in you. Oh, I hate him. I hate her. I hate you know what he said. I hate Listen, it just bottles up in you. Words kill. Yeah, words do hurt. And words stay on your heart as a score for a long time. Till God and the Holy Spirit comes and heals that. It's going to be there. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. I ain't got much left. Romans 16, 17 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division or offense contrary to the doctrine which, is, which you have learned, and avoid them. Listen, if you know somebody's just a divider, get away from them. If you know somebody just wants to cause trouble with their mouth, go away from them. Move away. Don't have any part with them. Because you know what's going to happen? They're going to affect you. They're going to infect you with their spirit. Because, and, I, and I, I'm telling you, I've heard some angry people. I've seen angry people. I've, oh my God, I can see rage is coming out of them. What is that all about? Why, why are they so angry? With a simple, I'm sorry, would fix a lot of things. I was wrong. It's better you be wrong, the Bible says. And let a, take wrong if need be, the Bible says. Because if you just say, I'm wrong, then forgive me. I'll, I'll, I'll try my very best not to do it again. You know how much hurt that those few words can heal? But yet, no, it ain't, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't about that no more. It's about us, me. Hallelujah. I don't want to be like that. That's, that's a miserable life. That's a miserable human being that can live like that. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. <laughs> Listen, as a body, as this church, I can't, I can't speak for everybody else. We need to speak the same thing, the same words, the same faith, the same spirit. How is that possible? The Bible says it's possible. How many want unity in this church? How many want this church to continue? We have to come together as one. Okay, we have to agree on what Jesus is teaching us and the Bible is teaching us and, and agree that we all need the Holy Spirit to be there to guide and lead our. Listen, we're not going to see everything perfect on our eye to eye. We can have disagreements, but it shouldn't cause division. You know, it shouldn't cause fighting. You know, some people believe Jesus is coming at the beginning of tribulation. Some people believe he's coming in the middle. Some believe he's coming. Hey, that, that, it just, just, that just something we disagree on. But that shouldn't divide us as believers. We believe he died for our sins. We're going to heaven. He paid the price. That's, that's just discussion. But if that divides us, we've got a problem. Okay? If we've got to make everybody see we're more spiritual than one another, then we've got a problem. That's not what God wants. I know when he comes, I'm going. <laughs> Could be the beginning, the middle, the end. I'm going. <laughs> I'm hoping it's the beginning of the tribulation. 
But that should never divide a church <laughs> or people. The thing that we need to be in unity is who Jesus is. Huh? Right? The son of the living God. The only way to heaven. There's no other way, right? That he's the way, the truth, and the life. We, we should agree that we need him. And we need his Holy Spirit in our lives. I, I'm going to tell you what. I, I'm probably most of y'all feel like I hope y'all do. We, we should agree that we need to grow in the Lord. And we need to change every day. Hey, let me tell you something. When Yvette changes and she shares that change with me, she's a salt to me. I'm salt to her. You know what I'm saying? We're salt to one another where we can share what God has taught us. As it helped me, it's going to help you. We're not trying to prove ourselves more spiritual than anybody else. We want to help one another. We want to help each other grow with the Lord. That should be our mindset. We want to help each other, encourage each other. Hallelujah. It's not to make a point that you're more spiritual than somebody else. Or you, you, you're going to go to heaven. You got better points than somebody else. Heck no. I just want to go. The Lord wants to put me in a shack in the middle of the back of heaven somewhere. Hey, that's his business. But I just want to go. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just want to make it. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> Ain't God good? Oh, all the time. He says, let me read that verse one more time. I didn't finish reading. I beseech you by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you all speak the same thing and that ye, and there be no divisions among you. But that ye be perfectly joined together. I like that. Perfectly joined together. In the same mind and in the same judgments. All right. Lawrence is a leg. I'm a hand. Alan is a, a ear. Sister Ethel is an eye or whatever. You know, one, is, one smells, one sees, one hears, one touches, one. We work together. We're all there for one to make that body work, Right. To make sure, listen, I watch people that lost their hands and their, and, and their, and their limbs. I said, boy, it's got to be hard when you can't grab something. Huh? Something I take for granted, look. A lot of people can't do this. They can't, they can't do this. But I'm waving this paper, putting it in between their fingers. There's part of their body missing. When you're not here doing what you're supposed to be doing, then it's like trying to, look. See? It's hard. See what I'm saying? It's basically hard for me to, to pick it up. This paper, let me, try to, let me try to pick this up with my fist closed. Look, look, seriously, I'm not joking. Like it don't work well. That's what happens when part of the body's missing. Huh? Try it out. Try to walk one day with your eyes completely shut. <laughs> oh, try it and see how far you get. Huh? Plug your ears up and try to function one day. Put some, I don't know, plugs in your ear, whatever, and see how far you get. You're going to miss calls. You're going to miss somebody saying things. You're going to miss, you ain't going to be able to communicate. You, 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 you're going to get on the road. You ain't going to hear nothing coming. I mean, a lot of things could happen. How important are you this morning? You're part of a body. You're part. We, we, we're here to make one body work. You get what I'm saying? We're here to, to make it happen together, unity. We all got our parts. Not all people are eyes, not all people are ears, not all people are hands, or not all people are feet. But whatever we are in the body is <laughs> important. So we go try to bash. Look, take your hand. And, and, and lay it on, on and, and hit, hit, it, hit, hit it with a hammer with the other hand. No, seriously. Well, I, that hand that hit, the other hand's going to feel, the rest of the body's going to feel it in the heartbeat. Because every lick of strength is going to come out of you. Weak, your stomach's going to get weak, you're going to fall down. But this hand didn't get hit, this one did. <laughs> but that's what we do with our mouth. When we attack the body that way, and we start hitting each other with words that are not profitable and not right. We bring damage to God's body. Okay? 
Let's all stand up a minute. I hope this helped you this morning. Because it shows me a lot about how important we all are in the body of Christ, okay? Is it important to you how your family works? Do you know you have a big part in how that family functions? But I try not to get mad. And I try not to say this. And I try not to tell my wife or my husband. And I tell my kids this. It's hard. No? It's, it's guarding that mouth. <laughs> Putting a lock on it. Because see, if you, I told somebody a while back, you know when you discipline a child? Listen to me. And, 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 and it's years ago God showed me that. If you discipline that child in anger and vengeance, you're going to end up with bad children. Watch. So if that child knows you're trying to correct him in love, then they have a better chance of understanding the love of God. Because all he see me being a Christian, acting in anger and vengeance, they're going to think God's that way. And a lot of times they don't want, they don't want to even serve God. So important. How we present ourselves. Listen, my son Isaac, Lawrence's uh, son-in-law. <laughs> Listen, when he was young, look, he's the one who got the more weapons. <laughs> more weapons than anybody else. Watch. You know what? He, he, he's quick to repent, though. He's not. He don't stay. Said, like, you, tell, you tell me something. He said, Dad, I'm sorry. But he learned that from me and his mom. Because if he can't see, we can't teach him a repentive heart. See? You get where I'm coming from? If, if we teach it, boy, you're going to get it and you're going to get it now and leave him like that. Without no straight path to follow. Without no correction. Listen, one time he had lied to me. And he'll tell you that. I, I said, son, I'm going to whip you. And I did. And I sat down and I prayed with him. See? And when he needed Jesus, he, he received him. But if he saw not, God nothing but an angry, mean, always wanting to bop you on the head, God, for me, then what did I need for him? How, how could he grow in the things of God? Hallelujah. Amen. We are the, sometimes we're the, we're the only preachers our kids are here for. They ain't going to listen to another preacher if they don't listen to us. Listen to me. <laughs> okay. Because we we're really the first pastors of their lives. <laughs> we are. What they see in us is how they're going to portray themselves. 